Hello and welcome to the one-year anniversary episode of Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. I am your host, Emma Scherzarko, and for this momentous occasion, I was joined, of course, by Winston Shaw, my frequent co-host and also husband, to talk about something that we have not yet talked about on the show. Rock and roll. It's a battle of the vans, if you will. As we talk about two of the greatest rock bands in history, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, and what wine to pair with each. Now, right off the bat, I'm going to say, Winston and I are huge fans of both bands, but we are not experts. If we get something wrong, feel free to correct us. If we say something you disagree with, feel free to respectfully opine, but please don't yell at us. We're just doing our best over here to be coherent while drinking delicious wine and talking about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. There is a lot of laughter, and you'll have to forgive us some sappy retrospection in this one, so be ready for that. Also, a lot of very bad British accents. I would like to dedicate this episode to my mom, because she uh, she raised me on this music, and I would not know anything about it if it weren't for her. I couldn't be more grateful to everyone for making this show happen for a whole year. Thank you to Winston, my co-pilot, to our artists, Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey, to all of the amazing guests that we've had on the show, to our advanced producer patron, Mara Zobrist, who is more talented than Mick Jagger and Paul McCartney combined, and to all of our other gorgeous patrons, without whom this show would not exist. And Last but not least, to all of our listeners, whether you're just joining or you've been listening since Valentine's Day 2018. If you like the work that we're doing here and want to hear the show for many years to come, come check us out on our Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you'll receive all sorts of rewards for a monthly contribution for as low as $1 a month. If you want to support us in another way, consider leaving us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. The absolute best thing that you can do is recommend us to a friend or give us a shout out on the internet. Oh, and don't forget to join our Facebook group where you can chat with other pairing listeners about what they've been drinking and otherwise consuming. One more quick, exciting announcement before we begin. I'm thrilled to announce that I will be joining the incredible cast of Hit the Bricks, a new podcast that is a twist on The Wizard of Oz. It stars Michelle Agresti of our Gas Station Wines episode, so if you'd like to hear us not be ourselves, definitely come check it out and subscribe. I am very excited about this, and I'm looking forward to working on it soon. Without further ado, here is episode 31, The Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Hello. Hello. All right. Winston. Do you know what this is? Mm, nope. This is our one-year anniversary episode. What the I F? know! The first episode of Pairing we ever released was one year ago. <laughs> Not exactly, because, you know, dates and times and stuff changed, but this is about our one-year anniversary. I believe that warrants a kiss. <gasps> and in honor of our one-year anniversary, we're going to be talking about something that we haven't talked about on the show before. And it's And it's incredible that we haven't talked about it. And that is rock and roll. Rock and roll. Namely, um, and and so 
I love, you know, you know, I love a good wine pun. Yes. And so, you know, if there's if there's anything that I want a one year anniversary episode of pairing to have, it's a good wine pun. And so this one I'm calling Battle of the Vans. Get it? Oh, oh, because oh, 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 because van, van is in French. Is, is yeah, yeah. I, no, I Ta- got there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so we're gonna be talking about the Beatles versus the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Sorry, that was like a bad um, Michael Caine impression. That's okay. <laughs> it worked. It worked. <laughs> okay. There's maybe going to be a lot of chuckling. And There's going to be chuckling episode. and yelling. So we wanted to start out with a little disclaimer which is that we both are much, much more familiar with the repertoire of the Beatles as a whole than we are with the Rolling Stones. Yeah, I really don't claim to be an expert in either band. I I do love their catalogs. I'm more familiar with the Beatle catalog. Yeah. I, I do have like a little bit more like fun anecdotes about the Rolling Stones, and I am obsessive. Uh, as a fan of Shine a Light, the Martin Scorsese documentary yeah. on the Rolling Stones. And that kind of made me relearn how to love them and appreciate them more than I ever had. But I am i don't claim to be an expert. I couldn't walk you through the albums. Like if this was a Bob Dylan episode, I could go from beginning to now and like give you the, the rundown on every epoch. But I cannot do that with the yeah. Rolling Stones. Really, or the Beatles. I mean, I know some stuff. I'm pretty, so I'm but... pretty, so this leads me to what I wanted to say next, which is that I wanted to dedicate this episode to my mother, who taught me everything that Absolutely. I know about music. To Deb and Sher. To, to Deb Sher, who first got me into like Motown, The Temptations, The Four Tops, Diana Ross, The Supremes. Otis Redding, who's not Motown, but Otis Redding, Aretha Franklin. So I was really into soul and R&B first. And then, though, you know, I grew up listening to like the LP of Sgt. Pepper. Mm-hmm. And so, so I've been familiar with the Beatles for a very, very long time. And at one point I knew like all the dates, everything about them. Right. I've forgotten most of it. And I haven't done all the research to like tell you exactly what date this right, such and such right, thing yeah. happened but yeah. in general i am much much more familiar with the beatles yeah there's not gonna be a lot of well actually in this episode you're gonna have to do that on your own yeah yeah you can you can do that um well actually <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm always i'm always down for a well actually <laughs> but so basically spoiler alert there's not gonna be a winner to compare the beatles and the rolling stones is like comparing French and Italian wine. It's exactly like it's that. It's exactly like that. And oh my goodness, look, I've got two bottles of wine here. One French and one Italian. What what, what, what evil plan? I know. Have I how did this part of? How did this happen? Um Are you Lex Luthor? I'm basically Lex Luthor. So, for some reason, I decided that, well, I have a more concrete reason for why I think the Beatles are more like French wine. All which right. I'll get into in a little right, bit. Right. The Rolling Stones, I feel I feel like they're like Italian wine because they're you know, swarthy. They're swarthy, they're sexy, they're spicy. And even though there's variation, there's like a consistency to them. Like you can listen to it and you're always like, oh yeah, that's yeah. the Rolling Stones. There is a consistency, but I also think they have that range that a lot of people don't give them credit for where they can be quick and dirty. Or they can be like slow and soulful. Yeah. And they've definitely played around with genres um, much like that's more considered a Beatles thing. 
but the Rolling Stones have really done their bit. Yeah, I feel like the Rolling Stones, like Italian wine, can be good at you know nine bucks and they mm-hmm. can be good at 900 bucks. exactly exactly and, you know the beatles also have that going on i just think that the rolling stones don't get enough credit they do for that and so what we're drinking for the for the for the stones um for the stones for the stones i don't know why full, michael full, came <laughs> it's okay it, well that's kind of what mick jagger sounds like too when he talks <laughs> full disclosure we just watched shine a light the martin scorsese documentary concert movie yeah. Um, which is awesome if you haven't seen it. I actually hadn't seen it. I had seen The Last Waltz, which was his first in that genre. Martin Scorsese's. Yeah, 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 yeah. About about the band. But anyway, so we're drinking Monte Rustico, Piemonte Rosso, uh, 2015, which I just bought on a whim. I'm not familiar with this one because I was going to get a Chianti, but then I was like, I can't shut up about Chianti on the yeah. podcast. We, we, I might we, we as cover well. it. We cover it. But this is a cool one. So this is a blend of Barbera and Nebbiolo. It's good. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. And it was what, like thirteen bucks? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely more Barbera than Nebbiolo. Like it's got that kind of dark fruit to it. Kind of clean, not too much tannin, but it's still got that that quintessential Italian spice. Yeah. It's quick and dirty. It's quick and dirty. It's very mi- Jagger wine. Yeah, I bet Mick Jagger would love this one. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Diet Coke. <laughs> also um, watch John Mulaney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, so the red wine that I chose is um, a Coterone. They're both red wines, right? They are both red wines, okay. yes. But this is the Beatles. This is wine. the Beatles. This is the Beatles. This is the Beatles red wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so this one is called Lunar Apogee. And it's a wine. It's a wine that I sold before, but I actually never tried. And so I thought this would be a cool one. And so basically, my reason, slightly more concrete reason for why I chose French wine for the Beatles, is that I felt like the Beatles, they they fucked around a lot, and they kind well, of. How do you mean fucked around a lot? Like for example, the influence of Indian music and the sitar and Ravi Shankar. So psychedelia. Yeah, yeah. And so they, I would say that like. Look at the Beatles in, you know, whatever, 1962, right, 1963. Right. And I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your hand to Abbey Road. Yeah. Within like seven years, they changed so much and there was so much in there. Right. That were, I think, more vastly different in style than the Rolling Stones repertoire as a whole. Definitely. I would say. They, um... Uh, to bring in another album, they sort of sparkled and faded. They, yes, they, yes. They burned bright and hot and fast. They and did. The Rolling Stones they have did just indeed. been on fire for about fifty years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's incredible. It's and it's. I mean, Keith Richards, by all accounts, should be dead. He is a, a vampire. He is a. He is the closest thing to a real live vampire that we have in the world. Yeah. which I love. I love him. <laughs> I mean, you too. He's, Me too. he's amazing. And Mick Jagger is amazing too. I mean, at this point, they were oh 70s. Mick Jagger still runs six miles a day. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. But we'll get we'll get to that. Okay. I just want to finish. Sorry. I just want to finish. So the reason why I also feel like with the Beatles getting into the hallucinogenic drugs and like more quote unquote world music influences, they were this just reminded me a little bit more of like 
not necessarily the natural wine movement, which I've talked about a little bit and what's problematic about the quote unquote natural wine movement. But so this is a biodynamic wine. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. feel like I feel like the Beatles would be super into like oh, biodynamics. Cycle the moon. Yeah, the cycle shit. of the moon. Yeah. In case you don't remember, I've I've mentioned this before <laughs> on the podcast. But biodynamics, um, it's a it's a very, very old practice, not just in wine, but in agriculture. And it's it's quite complicated, but it basically has to do with planting, harvesting, and making wine in tandem with the phases of the moon and burying a cow horn of or a horn of cow poop in the ground as yeah. a fertilizer there's all sorts there's of things like going some on. american god stuff going totally. on totally and you're doing like old world yeah. rituals which i'm down with totally like, well here's the thing that i it. here's the thing that i say about biodynamic wines which is some people think it's all a load of cow poop so to speak Hor- horse manure so so to speak but what you can definitely say about biodynamic wines is that the winemakers are paying much, much closer attention to what they're doing throughout every stage of the process. And so there's a lot, you know that this is going to be a well-curated bottle. Because the thing about the natural wine movement, I mean, there's different things going on, but a lot of what is happening in natural wines is the winemakers are like, fuck it, I'm just going to throw some shit together and not do anything to it and just see what happens. Yeah, I feel like and... natural winemakers are like anti-vaxxers. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, fuck those people. As, as Bobby Stuckey said, they are the Fox News of wines. Yeah, but um, biodynamic but, wine... But biodynamic wine, it's it's a very old practice. Yeah, they're Whether... connecting us to history, which yeah, I think is which cool. Yeah, which I think is cool and a tradition. And even if the practice, even if the phases of the moon don't actually make a difference, which... I think there's a lot to be said for, like, the science behind it as well. Like, you might think it's just all mystical shit and whatever, but I like biodynamics, and I think it's fascinating. And for the most part, biodynamic wines are delicious. Okay, so taste this one, because I think this is really, really good. This This is is our Beatles wine. This is the Beatles wine. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You Commonwealth people are going to have to forgive us. Oh, jeez, I'm so sorry. But we're not going to stop. No, no. (laughs) Mm. That's real good, right? I have to say... Yeah, this that is, is the, a little more clear. complex. It is definitely more complex. This is also one that I am more familiar with. the The Rolling Stones wine I am not as familiar yeah. with. Which to we're, the roll, yeah. we're, we're bringing it together. We're bringing it together, we're bringing together, it together man. Yeah, it's you know, smoother. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know. and so, and I just, I just, you know, I'm more familiar with the Beatles as a whole. There's also less to be familiar with. That's true. Yeah. Because they were only active for a very short amount of time, relatively speaking. The Beatles, the, or I'm sorry, the, the Rolling Stones, I was looking it up, they've released like 30 studio albums, 26 live albums. Like They it never is, stop. It is they never, ever insane, stop. insane. And so I think it's appropriate that, you know, I just kind of picked up this wine and, and it's, yeah. it's... Grab it and go. Yeah, let's grab it and go. It's, We've got a show to We've do. got a show to do. Uh. Okay. So let's start by talking about, let's talk about the Beatles. Since we, let's talk about the Beatles. Let's talk about the Beatles. Who are dope, by the way. Oh my gosh. I I mean. I really mean no disrespect to either of these legendary groups. They're, they're unbelievable. And they were both so, so, the reason why it makes sense to talk about them together is because they came about at around the same time. Right. As part of the British invasion. Exactly. But then they took radically different paths. They, they definitely did. And one thing that we talked about, you know, if you're going to codify them a little bit more, Beatles are a little bit more like 
at least they started out more as a mod band. Yeah, sort and of mod pop. Mod pop. Kinda, yeah. And again, they they then diverged. And, you know, you get stuff like Helter Skelter. Which and basically helped you, invent metal. Yeah. The and then Within You, Without You, back in the USSR, like Norwegian all of Abbey wrote, yeah. you know, there's so they they really they did so much and they grew so yeah. much. But they started as this like very manicured. Yeah sort of mod pop band and Beatlemania mm-hmm. um, was very much this sort of British answer or the uh, competing record label, or actually it was the same record label, I believe, that released the Beach Boys. It was mm. like the new hot thing. Yeah. And they were like, we're going to replace the Beach Boys with yeah. the Beatles. And the Beatles were like, what the, what the fuck? Because they were like Michael Jackson. They were managed by their dad. Yeah. And that's what that's well, why the Beach Boys ended up doing Pet Sounds and all this not crazy their, They weren't psych. managed by their dad. The, be- man- the Beach Boys were. Oh, the, the Beach Beatles. Boys. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. But, I was I mean, like, like mm, George Martin was. Born. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm saying like they, the Beatles basically came in to like knock the Beach Boys aside. Right. And be the new thing. Yeah. And that in turn led to the Beach Boys becoming way, way better. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, so they had to up their game. I mean, Brian Wilson's a genius, but that's not here. You're more of a Beach Boys fan than I am. I'm not like, I'm not like anti the Beach Boys, and there are certain Beach Boys songs that I like a lot, but they do way less yeah. for me than either the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. Well, Brian, I mean, Brian was he's like Beethoven. He's got that tortured genius thing <laughs> going on. You know, it's like that's not does it's not going to do it for everybody. Yeah, and yeah. Neither does Beethoven. Anyway, the Beatles like burst on the scene like that, right? The original, the original idea for this podcast or this episode, by the way, was a different musical comparison, musical and wine comparison, which we might do at some point. But Beethoven versus Mozart, oh yeah, um, being Bordeaux versus Burgundy. Yeah, that's above my pay grade. You need to do that with like your yeah. mom. Or your oh dad yeah, or exactly. It, that's <laughs> that's why we're not doing that because yeah. I feel like we're qualified to at least say some things. Oh pine. About... Oh pine. They're yes. just pines. Yes. Yes. So the Beatles came onto the scene. It was crazy. Beatlemania was nuts. And and then I think as once Rubber Soul and Revolver and Sgt. Pepper came out kind of from 1965 to 1967, I think, mm. um, that's where I think everything really changed for them. I mean, they were already growing. I mean, like eight days a week was a big was a big step right. and everything. And, um, but oh gosh, what's the one that uh, she was just seventeen? Is when on, I saw her standing there with the Beatles. No, I know, I know what the the song is called, but the, it's um, with the Beatles is like their oh album oh the and name of the mostly album. Yeah. covers yes and yes. that's where they do she was just seventeen, which again is their fuck you to all the other mod bands, right? They're like, uh, I think we're gonna recall the best mod song. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're bigger than Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they have they have very like uh, they have very hip hop energy. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Both the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. Although, the, yeah, you know, I think the Rolling Stones come by it organically, whereas the Beatles were just the most arrogant young men. Maybe um, so. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like. I think you have to have a certain amount of egotism oh, to, to succeed as a an artist who performs live and or yeah. tr- wants to mass distribute. Yeah. You know, you've got to have a certain amount of belief in your own cult of personality. But totally. Anyway, sorry, I could ramble about this forever. Oh, man. So could I. So could I. But so what I would say is, so like I said, I grew up listening to, you know, old record, my mom's old records of, you know, like Revolver and Sgt. Pepper. And I really got into the Beatles when I was like 11 or so. 
and I had the one, you know, the the CD with their 27 number one hits on it. Yeah, yeah. And... No, Beatles 1 is a great CD. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great. And it's it's in my car right now. In oh. fact, we listen to it. It's a little scratched, so it skips sometimes. But yeah. uh, but so so it goes. Guys, remember CDs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're they so were terrible. Old. We're they so were, old. No, CDs sucked. I'm so glad we're done with CDs. Records are cool, and streaming is great. Yeah. Fuck CDs. Fuck tapes. Fuck Betamax. Like all that shit. Winston has strong feelings about or whatever. No, yeah. fuck them. Yeah. So I really got into the Beatles, you know, when I was like 11. And listen to Hey Jude on repeat for hours and hours and hours because it's a banger. It's Come it's on. a really good song. It's an anthem. Yeah. It's a banger. Yeah. It's great. It's it's amazing. And you know, I sang in my life with my stepsister at my mom's wedding. Still one of my favorite songs. By I the way. I believe that that is truly one of the best Beatles songs and one of the best songs one of the better three minute pieces yeah, of music less than three created. minutes i think yeah it was it's it's just wonderful yeah and they just the breadth of work that they came out with in so small a time is incredible yeah, i wonder how much they influenced i mean they really did oh um, yeah oh unbelievable yeah and i'm not saying the rolling stones didn't but like we were saying earlier like helter skelter mm-hmm. really is a foundational piece of music for a lot of metal you know, yep. I'm not trying to discount the way that like surf and other kinds of rock sort of fed into that. Sure, but Helter sure. Skelter really sort of took it to a different I got place. blisters on my fingers. Yeah, like mathy, yeah. crazy yeah. kind of guitar riffs and I mean yeah. while my guitar gently weeps. Yes. So once so I read something somewhere that, you know, like you know, there's all sorts of reasons and rumors as to why the Beatles broke up. But one big one is that towards the end of their tenure, George Harrison started writing more and more of the music and it got very, very popular. Like while my guitar gently weeps, right. uh, something. There were a lot and... of big egos in that. Group. Yeah, yeah. And the Rolling Stones are too, but somehow they They're, managed to they keep are it together. Too, but somehow the, like watching the shine a light video, it's, it's beautiful. Cause it's like these old men who should, by all rights, should be dead. <laughs> right. And I mean, Keith and, and Mick and Charlie Watt and Ronnie Wood. Yeah. And, and they're just whatever like Whatever beautiful each black other. man is their basis. Yeah, I know. Like oh, they give each other crap name? all the time. Yeah, it's. But they seem to just carry on and, and, they, and, and do it. They do. And there's kind of, there's less of a feeling of taking themselves so seriously. Yeah, I, I think, think that's part of what it is. I think that's part of it. I'm not saying that they didn't take yeah. themselves seriously. Oh, they do. But they, they but they don't act like superstars. You oh, know? oh, yeah. well, but at the at that point, you know, Mick Jagger was sixty five years, years old, yeah. and, <laughs> and like in your words, is one ugly motherfucker. Um, but he, but he made himself a sex god, yeah, a sex icon. Somehow he is like the sexiest person alive. And <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you can dis- you disagree when you see photos of him, and then you see him perform, and you're yeah. like, oh my god. So that's the other difference that I wanted to talk about is that I think that, and we were talking about this earlier, but the Beatles were more of a studio band. They after their and, first few albums, yeah, they yeah. really became, yeah. I think, more of a studio. Band, which is funny because so many people who love the Beatles also hate AOR, huh. album-oriented rock. Oh, like interesting. Kansas, Toto, uh-huh, uh-huh. Chicago, yeah. like all those bands in the 80s yeah. that have like one or two hits. Sure. Um, but that's what the Beatles did that, for like yeah. four years yeah. at least, if yeah. not seven. 
while I will say, you know, I mean, there are certain Rolling Stones songs that, for my money, are some of the best songs ever written. Yeah. Give Me Shelter, Satisfaction. Paint It Black. Paint It Black, Sympathy for the Devil. Sympathy for the Devil, amazing. You know, That's the thing, is like, I love Beatles albums. I think Rolling Stones have some of the best songs. And there's only a couple Beatles songs that I actually like as much or more than Rolling Stones yeah. song. Like, In My Life is one of them. Hey Jude. Hey Jude. The end of Abbey Road, mm-hmm. like that whole montage yep, yep. is amazing. The compilation there, And While yeah. My Guitar Gently Weeps is up there. But, yeah. like, the rest of the time, I'm kind of like, well, the Rolling Stone hits are really standout, seminal pieces of rock and roll music. I, I think I agree. I think I agree that overall... I maybe like fewer of the Rolling Stones repertoire than I like the Beatles. Right. But what the Rolling Stones put out, their quote unquote hits were like mind blowing. Just to finish my thought from before. Uh, Please continue. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, please. Uh, But what what I wanted to say was I, I agree with that about the hits versus the albums. But I also think that the Rolling Stones are very much a, the experience of watching them perform is entirely different than just listening to them because Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Ronnie Wood, their the show they put on is they're, yeah unbelievable they have superhuman charisma and they really do that really does like epitomize to me like I mean who knows if the Beatles had stayed together and performed for more than a few years maybe we'd say that too about them yeah maybe but I mean like Paul and John Lennon both. Could put on a good live show yeah, absolutely. in their solo careers. Absolutely, but Ringo stars, great. I mean, they're, they're all. Good. But the experience, but the experience of even just watching videos of the Rolling Stones perform is unbelievable. Yeah, it's wild. It's, it's like, wild. It's like yeah. ACDC. You know? Yeah. Like, like there's just a certain kind of charisma and sexuality, and and then the other thing I wanted to say was that the Rolling Stones really kind of went native. When uh-huh. it came to coming to America, yeah, like, the British invasion I think really helped rock and roll grow. But it's an essentially American art form. It mm-hmm. comes out of jazz. It comes out of Delta blues. Mm-hmm. It comes out of these things like Muscle Shoals, you know, all that stuff, right? And whereas the Beatles were like, all right, well, we're going to take some of that as influence, but we're also going to combine all these other things, world music and yeah. all these other. And the Rolling Stones were just like, nope, we're a blues rock band. Yep. And sometimes we'll be a country band. Just yeah, you just here. fun. But but like they embraced the American music tradition in a very wholehearted way. And I, I'm not saying they didn't contribute to it. They definitely did and changed sure, it in the process. Sure. But they very much embraced like old, like muddy waters. Yeah, was, yeah. Like, you know, they brought Buddy Guy on to play with them yeah, at, on Shine a Light. They are completely dedicated to the same sort of anarcho... Not anarcho, I'm sorry, but like the sort of paleolithic rock that, like you know, that. Jack Paleo-lithic. White is also yeah. trying to resurrect and, yeah. and profit off of. Yeah. You know? um, they really went for that, whereas the Beatles were like, we're gurus and visionaries and we're going to change yeah. everything. Yeah. And the Rolling Stones were like, well, we have this thing that we're good at. Yeah. And every once in a while, we'll show you how talented we really are. But the rest of the time, we're just going to put on a good show. Yeah. Which I, you know. Right. So, so what I didn't realize was that the the Rolling Stones started out pretty much exclusively as like a blues rock band. Yeah. Um, and I believe the name of the the kind of band leader at that point was Brian Jones. 
Right. Um, I, this is new to me too. Yeah, I, I was I was just like doing said, a little bit expert. of research because I didn't know this either. But for the first first album or so, that was their direction. Then Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Uh oh. Kitties are coming in. We've got a cat. What was I saying? You were talking about the original front man. The oh, band. that's right. So the original front man was, or well, he wasn't the front man. Like Mick Jagger was always the front man. Oh, okay. but he was like the band leader, quote unquote. So like I don't manager know. slash so, guy in yeah, charge or something. Yeah, something like that. Okay. And then and then Mick Jagger and Keith Richards kind of took over and based started writing their right. their own because they are one of the better songwriting teams for sure for sure because i i think it's that is another interesting contrast that i hadn't really thought about before was that paul john and george mm-hmm. and even ringo at a certain point mm-hmm. they all wrote songs but it was very much like you know aside maybe from their pop stuff it was like paul wrote this one yeah john wrote this one yeah whereas uh, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger they wrote stuff wrote them together, together. Yeah. a lot, all the time. Yeah. Yes, that is a very good difference. You know, like, I think that Paul and John would work together a lot, but you can, yeah, they but you can very much tell, like, oh, this is a Paul song. Because their style started to diverge song. so yes. much. Whereas yes. um, I think Mick Jagger and Keith Richards kind of stayed kinda... in harmony, even though they worked on, a, like, a huge array of different genres. Far Away sure. Eyes is a country, a great country song, one of the yeah. better country yeah, songs. Yeah, a great one. I think. And, uh, you know, and then there's I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Like, the, you know, they, they, they can do a broad range of they, stuff. They really can. And and so one thing one thing I just wanted to talk about, because I, I thought about this and I wrote this down, but a few years ago I went to go see Hugh Laurie in concert. Beautiful. Which you may not know, but Hugh Laurie performs music sometimes. Awesome. Um, he, and he's amazing. He's a very, very talented musician. But he does mostly, like, Americana, like, jazz, blues, rock and he said in that concert, the, I forget if it was the best thing that America ever did for music or the best thing that America ever did for the world. Either way, I think it stands. It's true. But jazz and the blues are yeah. are the, the best thing. No, that... It's widely considered like the only purely American art. Totally. Form. Totally. I would say that American cinema is an antecedent to most of world cinema, even though like the French dude lumiere or whatever and as we were talking about before i think that cinema would have gone forward no matter what it might look it might look different than it does because of american cinema but blues couldn't have happened anywhere but america no it it took i guess that horrible tragic yeah history to make jazz and blues i think i think you're right that's that's my my two cents so yeah, and so the the Rolling Stones are very much more besides you know some a lot of their big hits, a lot of their work is very bluesy, yeah. you know, and and that's that's super cool, and yeah, and Mick Jagger and and Keith Richards, they're they're adorable. Though I will say this, I think the Rolling Stones when they diverge from their blues rock kind of thing, mm-hmm. like with Painted Black mm-hmm. or Mother's Little Helper, mm-hmm. um, things like that, like the Rolling Stones would address human darkness in a way that I don't think the Beatles did as much. Like, while my guitar... Happiness is a warm gun. While my guitar is... You can argue, like, the Beatles are artistically addressing some of the bad things in society. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. But the Rolling Stones are talking about, like, darkness inside a person and and finding new ways to express that. I think that the the Beatles were more socially conscious in their music overall, while the, the Rolling Stones were more kind of introspective 
Yeah. And uh, 19th nervous breakdown. I mean, they, yeah. they, they, a lot of their stuff is about mental health. It is. Which considering yeah. all the mental health shit the Beatles were dealing with, it's yeah. never addressed. Yeah. Yeah. Society, the tax man and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. all this stuff is okay. I'm not making fun of that. It's a great song, but. Oh yeah. But, but, but they, the Rolling Stones really did sort of turn the eye inward and, yeah. and embrace that darkness yeah. and do it in a way that a lot of people could relate to. I mean, there's, you know, I think there's exceptions to be made on, on both sides. Like, you know, yesterday, Eleanor Rigby, yeah, those oh, are, yeah, the, like, I think yeah. Paul kind of dealt absolute, with some, no, that's and absolutely Hey, hey Jude, point. too. And, yeah, Hey Jude, and, but... So, fun fact, talking about the Shine a Light movie, which we've been talking about. Absolutely. Uh, the, which is Martin Scorsese's Rolling Stones. Concert film. Concert film homage. I feel like there's a word for it that he gives it, but like The Last Waltz, like that genre of concert movies. Yeah, but I don't know what he calls them. I don't know. I don't know. They're very good. But, so fun fact, uh, you can see yours truly, Emma Sherjarko, in the pilot of vinyl which is martin scorsese's hbo show about rock and roll in the 70s and girl in the orange dress i'm the girl in the orange dress standing behind robert plant next to bobby cannavale (laughs) (laughs) that was one of the best days of my life um because i was just an extra on that that was when i was in new york doing you know that kind of work and and i and i got you know chosen for this because i had long wavy hair you know, that was pretty much the only requisite. This was for, it was for a scene at a Led Zeppelin concert. Right. And so I got cast as a groupie and I went in, you know, to do my wardrobe day and they dressed me and for whatever reason, they dressed me in a fairly modest outfit. You know, it was like a, a dress instead of like, you know, a bra and some bell bottoms or whatever. Right. And so I was in a dress. And so once we got on set, they decided that I looked too modest to be in the groupie the groupie group and so i got chosen to be the record label intern oh yes and so you can see me in the background like with a little pad and pen uh making notes with this other extra guy who was a who was a hoot uh who they chose to be uh the record label manager and so we're just standing in the background um and this guy was hilarious because he didn't understand that like he couldn't actually make noise (laughs) <laughs> when we were pretending to talk in the background of like this scene between Bobby Cannavale and the guy playing Robert Plant. Right. And so we kept having to like retake the shot because this guy was like actually speaking. I'm surprised they were that <laughs> tolerant of it. I've, I did a couple extra yeah. things where it was like, if you didn't do exactly what they said yeah. the first or second time, they were like, all right, buddy, sorry. Yeah. Like, I think this guy just had, couldn't walk properly. He, he had too much of a perfect look. Uh, that they wanted to keep him. He was him. part of the shot. Yeah, already. yeah. Again, the tyranny of the yeah. DPs will never end. Yeah, exactly. But at one point, so I was standing there, and I knew that the show was, you know, a Martin Scorsese show, but I didn't expect him to be there. But at one point, you know, because I was in this shot, I was kind of standing there, and then I looked over next to me, and there was Martin Scorsese. And uh, he was very nice. <laughs> he was very nice. At one point, I was, like, leaning on the fake Cadillac, in in the shot and i think he took a picture of me doing that on on his phone so there might be a picture of me on martin scorsese's phone hit me up martin (laughs) anyway i'm sorry that was my self-indulgent rant i just wanted to tell the people about my 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 literally it was 16 hours of shooting but it was like a 
three second shot. Well, and I was in the concert crowd too, but you can't tell that I'm there. But anyway. So, oh, all right. Well, I guess if, as long as we're telling self-indulgent stories mm-hmm. and maybe you can mm-hmm. find a, a good place to plug this in. But mm-hmm. so um, one of the things I do know about uh, the Rolling Stones is that Ronnie Wood was not originally with the band. No, he was not. Um, I don't, I don't know the name of the original rhythm guitarist. I was looking it um, up. Or Here, if they even you, had one. They did. You keep talking. I'm going to. But so Ronnie Wood is the current uh, rhythm guitarist for the Rolling Stones, while Keith Richards is the lead guitarist for the Stones, right? Mm-hmm. And so when Ronnie Wood was first hired as their guitarist, I think sometime in the early to mid seventies, it might have even been later. Might have been later, like eighty one or something, right? Yeah. So I guess they were all hanging out at a party because this is just how rock stars get down. But mm-hmm. Eric Clapton was there. And Eric Clapton was like on some drugs or just having a bad night or whatever. And or he was just Eric Clapton. Or he was just Eric Clapton, whose main purpose in life was to like not be a dick to Jimi Hendrix and mm-hmm. to be a dick to everybody else about everything. But anyway, Eric Clapton is basically berating Ronnie Wood and going, basically everything he says was like, I could have had your job. Like, they offered me your mm-hmm. job and I turned it down because I'm a much better guitarist, blah, 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 blah. And the only response Ronnie Wood had to all of this, <laughs> you know, harassment and abuse was Ronnie Wood looks at Eric Clapton and goes, you have to live with these people, man. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious think and great. awesome. Ronnie Wood seems like a very cool dude. Yeah, like he's, he's just, he's like, I can just go with the flow. Like, you're an egotistical yeah. piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to live with these people. If you're going to be in a band. You notice that there really aren't that many bands that Eric Clapton was in. That's no. Eric Clapton yeah. and the whoever. Yeah. Because he's an egotistical piece of shit. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, so, yes. So, fun fact. So, so or this is just kind of the little timeline of the Rolling Stones, because I wasn't aware of this as much before either. So, I, I talked about Brian Jones, right. who was the original guy, I guess. Um, but he, unfortunately, died. I think he was replaced before he died in 1969 um, by Mick Taylor, who was then replaced by Ronnie Wood in 1975. So oh, yeah. So maybe he so, was the guitarist. Yeah, yeah, leader. yeah. I think that's I think that's what it was. Which also fun fact. Apparently, so Paul McCartney is probably a much better guitarist than George Harrison was. Right. Yeah. But, you told me this, and it's cool. Yeah, but it's cool because, but George Harrison couldn't play the bass. And so Paul McCartney was like, well, I can play the bass because I can do like, anything. I can play fucking anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that's why Paul McCartney plays bass. And if you ever play Beatles rock band, which is super fun, and I did a lot with my friends in college. Nice. Um, and I always would play bass because I'm really bad at uh, instruments. And so bass is usually the easiest with Beatles rock band, <laughs> both with Beatles rock band and any Red Hot Chili Peppers songs on uh rock band because flea is such a good bassist as well right the the bass lines are very very complex or well yeah i mean the bass line in dear prudence alone oh like, yeah that is one of the most iconic bass line bump bump you know yeah like so so beautiful yeah. and like an amazing take off of the walking bass line yeah yeah i mean paul paul's musical genius is I, 
really sold short by the kind of cult of John Lennon. Yeah, I think so too. Not to say that John Lennon wasn't a very talented musician Not himself, anyone, right? but I do think that Paul McCartney's like musicianship is often overlooked because he was the bassist and he was or kind downplayed. of or well, downplayed. Also, he was and... such a great songwriter. Yeah, too. yeah. You know, and but everyone's like, "Oh, but John Lennon's spiritual guru." It's like, no, no, no not true. No. no, and you know, I feel like there's so many rumors enshrouding the Beatles because, well, th- that was all. That's also the kind of refreshing thing about the Rolling Stones is like, yeah, they're all junky alcoholics, but they're upfront about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're pretty much all in recovery from something except Keith, who doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who has his who, blood who, replaced? Who gets his blood recycled months. every six months so that he can survive? You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Rolling yeah. Stones are just like, we've just been banging for fifty years. It's really incredible. Every and once they're... in a while, they produce this like history-changing song. Yeah, I mean, "Give Me Shelter" and "Sympathy yeah. for the Devil," and also I think. It's not credited enough, um, at least in the Western literary tradition, the Rolling Stones are very well read and they know yeah. what they're doing. When they're yeah. talking about Sympathy for the Devil, like Mother's Little Helper, they're, they're drawing on like Milton, they're mm-hmm. drawing on The Awakening, Oscar mm-hmm. Wilde, all this stuff. The Beatles maybe had more like Far Eastern influences and stuff. Yeah. But, like the Rolling Stones are a little bit less literary maybe than like Bob Dylan. The Beatles are kind of going off on like an impressionist. And maybe it's just that they really got into the bodhisattvas and the sutras and stuff. And that was influencing a lot more of their stuff. And I'm just Well, their trip to India was very. Right. Transformative. Transformative. uh, Impactful. Yeah. uh, To their career. Right. Whereas the Rolling Stones were just like, I'm on a ton of cocaine. Let's read Milton. Yeah. My Mick Jagger impression is actually I mean, getting worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Go up. back to Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, back to Michael Caine. Yeah, I'm yeah. I want to soak about the devil. There you go. <laughs> One of the things that happens in Shine a Light, which I love, is when they're interviewing Ronnie Wood and Keith Richards, and they ask, you know, separately, and they ask Ronnie Wood, they're like, who's a better guitarist, you or Keith? And he says, oh, I am. And, <laughs> and then which, wait, and they, which one says that one? Ronnie. Ronnie. And then, Ronnie and then they and then they ask uh they ask Keith and he's like, oh, we don't talk about that. And then they're like, well, Ronnie said that he's better, and he just goes, <laughs> he's like, well, both of us are lousy, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, us but are put lousy. us together and we're better than ten others. <laughs> and it's just like yeah. it's just beautiful. It really they, does feel like they're a band. Yeah, like you they know? do actually. Even if they don't get along all the time, they seem sure like they they, don't, they but... work. They yeah. work together. Yeah, and that's that's I don't know. That's exceedingly rare. Yeah. in any profession. Yeah. I think so. I think so. And um, and to do it for fifty fucking 50 years, fucking years with kinda... all the cocaine oh and all God, the yeah. the sex in and all yeah, the whatever. Yeah. Who knows? Who you knows? Know? It's just like you look at Keith Richards's face and you're like. How the hell are you yeah. still here? Okay. But <laughs> well, and also like he's marching around the stage playing all this stuff, and like he's got a cigarette in his mouth yeah, the whole yeah, time. Like he and Ronnie time. Wood are just like chain smoking <laughs> during know, these concerts. I know, it's insane. 
you know. I'm trying to think about how to tie this back into wine. And yeah, the, wine. Only thing, the only thing I can think of is, you know, sometimes being a winemaker and like living that lifestyle, like being in the restaurant world or in the wine world can be kind of similar. Vicious. To. And competitive. Vicious and competitive. Um, but, but there's a lot of creativity. Yeah. And a lot of ego and a lot of drugs often. Oh, yeah. Especially in the restaurant industry. But you can, there's moments of harmony. Yeah, that absolutely. create beautiful art. Exactly. You know, the. In the form of wine and or food. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I also, um, I'm just looking at this bottle of the, the Cote Rhone, the Beatles wine, the Lunar Apogee, which is organic. And it says on the front Demeter, oh, or yeah. I, I don't know exactly how everyone pronounces it, but Demeter is basically the. I uh, say Demeter because I De- was reading Demeter. it. Demeter. Demeter, because I was reading it um, when I was like eight years old in Texas. Oh, Demeter, the, when you were reading Dolores uh, or whatever mythology books. Y- yeah, and I was like Demeter. Well, Demeter, uh, Cirrus, isn't Demeter uh, the daughter of Persephone? Opposite. Demeter is her mother. Demeter is the mother of Persephone. Oh, yeah. that's right. She is Persephone the harvest is the goddess. And in Roman mythology, the... she's called Ceres, that's which is right. where we that's get right. cereal from. That's right. I remember this now. But so Demeter is appropriate. That's what signifies biodynamics. Um, so if you see Demeter oh, on a wine label. I did label, not know that. That's mm-hmm. so cool. It's a, it's a, I forget exactly, but it's a, like a, it's like an organization basically. So if it says Demeter on it, then that it is like legally certified, certified biodynamic. biodynamic. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But I like that. And I kind of think that, you know, the Beatles would like, you know, having Demeter, even though that's a more Greek, Greco-Roman yeah. tradition. Or maybe since the Rolling Stones are so well read, no, the Demeter. They... De, I mean, Demeter was the Greek version. I think. I think yeah, they'd yeah. be way into it. Yeah. I do think that maybe the Beatles would go for more like Artemis and mm-hmm. Athena Which and Demeter was... and Persephone, like the sort of like chthonic and ethereal female gods. Mm-hmm. And then the Rolling Stones would be like, yeah, uh, Aphrodite, yeah, and uh, Minerva. And Demeter. Juna, I like her because she's a bitch on wheels. And I like that. <laughs> and, uh, like, like yeah, I feel like yeah. I feel like they just be like for the like raw power goddesses, which Athena kind of does both, depending on who's telling the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna mythologize about it, that's, well, that's what I would say. We'll have to get the spirits girls on to to weigh in. Yeah. On, uh, but know. I think either band is really that much into the male gods. Like, oh no, maybe maybe the Beatles have a little bit of Hephaestus, like trying to craft yeah, like yeah, new kinds maybe, of music. Maybe. Well, speaking of listeners, I informed Winston that if he wanted to get me a present at any point to get me the uh, Artemis. Cabernet from Stag's Leap. Yep. Which um, now it's on the record. Now it's on the record, but if if you want to beat him to it, you know, just let me know. I'm I'm happy to receive that bottle of wine. Though a buck towards <laughs> your new computer fund would also be that good. is true. That is true. Maybe this is a good time to plug our Patreon. <laughs> also, you can donate on we're, our website. We're already asking for money. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I do need a new computer, and uh, that will make pairing a better show if I have a new computer, because right now, so much of my time is devoted to rending my garments and tearing my hair out when 
uh, it doesn't work. So <laughs> I'll be at work and I'm like, la, 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 la. <laughs> and then I get this text message from it. Like, first of all, she always starts with something sweet. She's, you know, she's like, hey, how are you doing? I love you. And then she'll like the next text message will be like, I want to fucking break my computer <laughs> over, a, over a brick wall. I hate this computer because it just like sits there and wheels her of death all yeah, the time. Yeah, it it's does. Not cool, guys. It's, it's not, cool. not it's not a great computer. But it's old. It's old. It it's tried old. its best, but it's, it's old. old. It did. It 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 has lived a good life. It is just nearing the end of this life, and I am trying to weigh the options of whether it is worth it to get it onto its literal last legs and potentially lose some important stuff, or uh, you know, headed off at the pass. Well, knock on wood, I should be getting a raise soon once my law license comes through. Which is hopefully happening um, soon. Very Yay. soon, yes. Um, and then maybe I can help, but in the meantime, you're doing very important work and you need the hardware to support you. Well, I don't know about that, but I, I, I'm, I'm doing my best. That's the other interesting thing about the Beatles versus the Rolling Stones. I feel like with the Beatles, you know all the Beatles. Right. Well, uh, I mean, at this point, the Rolling Stones were an orchestra. Yeah. They've got an entire choir. Which we haven't talked about. Uh, what, what's his name? Charlie Watt or Charlie Watt? No, Charlie Watt is the drummer. I know. So the, we haven't talked. The ta bassist. Yeah, Charlie Watts. Guy. Yeah, Charlie yeah. Watts is the drummer who we haven't talked about. But he's also an original member of the band. Yeah. And he looks like... Looks like a Sith Lord. Yeah, like he could, his face yeah, is so actually, impassive no, all the does, time. No, he looks like what's his name from uh, from A New Hope. The uh, Palpatine. The, no, not Palpatine, but the the guy who the, Vader kills. Oh, wait, the guy who Vader chokes. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know who that guy's name is. Oh, is it not? I'm, I'm no, not that the, good at Star you, Wars. You know, no, you know who I'm talking about. The evil guy in the first Palpatine. movie. No, it's no. not Palpatine. Wait, are you talking about New Hope or are you talking about I'm talking uh, about Phantom New... Menace? No, I'm talking about New Hope. Okay. And, you know, the guy on the evil space station. Yes. Oh, the Death Star. Grand Moff Tarkin. Yes. Yes, Thank I you. got there. Oh Grand my god. Moff Tarkin. I'm so sorry it oh took me that. Oh my god. Long. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was really Also, I was tempted Oof. to do the other the other thing that I was tempted to do for our 1 year anniversary episode was Star Wars versus Star Trek. But But we need Rafael Gamboa to do that. Oh, that would be super fun. By the way, you should totally watch his YouTube channel. Yes. Which is called The Long Take. The Long Take. And he's got a, a short film that's called been uh, Violet, Violet mm -hmm. I believe. And yep. it's been nominated for many awards. Yeah, so especially he's... if in your if you're in LA, I think you can go check yeah. that out at some festivals. But yeah, you should Rafael's watch it. awesome. Yeah, you will probably hear him on the podcast Let's soon. Hope. Anyway, but but I decided it was time to talk about music because I'm going to do a little retrospective here since it's our one-year anniversary Please episode. And I'd, love to hear, and I'd love to hear your thoughts too. But, well, the thing is, 30 episodes happened really fast. Like, you really fast. You have the most amazing work ethic well, of anybody It's I not know. even that. It's not even that. It's like, I when I started off the podcast, I was like, yeah, and we're going to talk about, do you want the wine glass? Well, I was thinking I would uh, just put a straw in there. I mean, yeah. you can. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Go That's on. very. That would be very Mick Jagger. Sorry, I was yeah, having. I was. Keith Richards, I was having maybe. a very nice beer from Whole Foods in celebration of my victory in a League of Legends game. Yes. 
Slash the Rolling Stones are pretty much all about beer. Or at least they I were. don't know. I think I think the Rolling Stones I mean they might prefer to drink beer, but I, I think they I think, I think they drink wine. Let's, I, I think it's like a listening thing. I think right? they're very classy. Like, you you put on the Rolling Stones and you murder a thirty pack of Milwaukee's best. Alright. See, I think you put on the Rolling Stones and you drink a nice Italian wine from uh, Piedmont, but there oh, you go. Fair. That's Teach fair. their own. That's fair. But no, that's, that's the fair. point of pairing. Really? If I may, if I may um, just think about the, the past year a little bit. I mean, when I started it out, I mean, I knew I wanted to start it with, with The Lord of the Rings as a way of talking about, a way of introducing wine and talking about my favorite things in the world. And it quickly became apparent to me that both what listeners were more interested in and just what was most accessible and exciting to me at the time was more kind of books films, TV, in the science fiction fantasy genre. And so that has been the overwhelming majority of the episodes, which I certainly don't have a problem with. I'm thrilled about it because I love talking about these things, and I do actually, you know, choose what episodes we do. So, but, you know, at a certain point I was like, my God, we haven't done music. We haven't done, we've done one theater episode. Which one was that one? Macbeth with... Zach oh, yes, and it yes. was fabulous. I very much enjoyed that one. Yes, indeed. Yes. Indeed. And so, and then... Although the Gas Station Wines episode is also The fabulous. Gas Station Wine episode is... I, I, I may not have said this publicly yet, but the Gas Station Wines episode with Michelle Agresti really changed my idea of what the the podcast could be. And actually, we did talk about music on that one. We talked about, yeah. like, Britney, Britney yeah. Anya... All, all the best, all the greats. Yeah. Um, which BT Dubs, I don't know if you all have seen the the thing on that's going around Twitter and Facebook about Enya, who like lives in a castle with her cats and doesn't like <laughs> associate with anybody. I was like, Enya, you, you won life. You won life. <laughs> <laughs> you truly are a goddess. I love her. I still love her. But you know, I really wanted to talk in more depth about music and these things that are a little bit I mean I think the the Beatles Rolling Stones that's a great way to start by having a a little musical conversation I think it's awesome that you're branching out and I think it's we're so lucky to have these amazing guest hosts oh who my have gosh. come in oh I mean, my gosh Shubes yeah. and and um, Amanda and Julia mm-hmm. and Michelle Gabrielle, Gabrielle Sarah, Sarah Shackett. I mean, I'm Lauren Shippen. Oh my God, Lauren Shippen. I'm, I'm so oh my God. unbelievably lucky by all the people who have come to talk to me about Zach things. Zach I mean, yeah, just all these just... amazing people who have donated their time. Yeah. And you know? so thank you to all of them. We've also got a lot of really exciting episodes coming up with more exciting people that you'll recognize. Yeah, not um, me. Training wheels off. Well, Better you're, hosts well, you're, in. Well, you're still going to be around. I'll be around you'll every still, once in a while. You'll still be around. I'll pop in. I'll be like like a, a recurring guest star in like season eight or nine of yeah. Supernatural. <laughs> you're Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never actually seen Supernatural, yeah. but I just know Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I'd be like Spike before he became a regular on Buffy. Yeah. You know? like oh, I'll pop yeah. in every yeah, yeah, once in a while. The yeah. episode will probably be great. Mm-hmm. Let's not kid ourselves. Well, Winston, I hope that you will continue to be on, on uh, the show on a regular basis. 
I couldn't do it without you. You are... I'm not going to get that sappy. Don't worry right now. We just watched our wedding video again. Good, because so I am. Yeah. So you go ahead. <laughs> and then um, but, you know, Winston has a big boy job now. He is busy defending the public and defending the indigent. So there's there's a little less time to, to make a silly podcast. But It's not a silly podcast. It, well, it's a little silly. It's important to be a little silly, just like the Rolling Stones are a little silly. And even the Beatles are a yeah, little silly. Yeah, I mean, silly. when I'm 64, yeah. Yellow Submarine. Oh, yeah. I mean, we didn't even talk about Sgt. Pepper. But, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But Sgt. Pepper is also, to me, one of the great yeah. albums. I mean, and... you could go through probably and pair each band member and each album with oh, different yeah. stuff. Oh, if absolutely. If you really wanted to absolutely. be like, super microscopic about it. Which, uh, maybe as a Patreon bonus episode... Um, at the new fifteen dollar producer level, maybe we'll go. We'll do a little bit more in depth Rolling that. Stones off the episode. cuff marketing idea. There we go. Be was... a part of the solution, people. Yeah, there we go. Um, all I want to say is that meeting you and working on this podcast with you and this artistic endeavor, any artistic endeavor with you, but this one specifically, has really been like. It's really been an upside of my life as I've been changing things. It's been a blessing yeah. and something I'm so grateful for and so proud of. And people ask me, like, what's going on? And I'm like, well, Emma's doing all this. Yeah. You know? And, and uh, that doesn't mean that I'm not thrilled with my job and I'm not happy with what I'm doing. But, I mean, some of it's confidential and some of it's, you know, yeah. weird to talk about. Yeah. Um, but... Being able to be part of your creative experience and having the experience of creating things with you as a, as an artistic partner is revelatory. Oh. I'm never leaving. Yay! Not if you'll not if you'll keep me. No, you're you're sticking around. This this podcast would not exist without you. Hundred percent true. Because well, I, had I to make a lot of mistakes. To well, end up we all had to make around. a lot of mistakes, and I think I've made mistakes on the podcast, and I think I've you know, done things that I would change. But here we are, and I'm so excited that we have 31 episodes now. That's amazing. We, we've been doing it for a year, and uh, hopefully we'll be doing it for many years to come. And I hope that you will be with us on this journey, listeners. Winston, I could not do it without you. Not everyone is so lucky to be able to work with their partner in multiple senses of the word. Cheers. 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 Diet Coke. Diet Coke. <laughs> Pairing was created, produced, hosted, and edited by Emma Sherjarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. If you'd like more information, links, and clarifications on what we talked about this episode, please check out the show notes. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. 
Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, read, drink, and be merry.